and welcome to another edition of Jocks and Locks. We have on a Monday, less than one week away from Selection Sunday, the NCAA bracket will be revealed Sunday night, and we can't be any more excited. Here with you tonight, Dewey and my co-host, Rhino. Rhino, welcome back. How are you, buddy? Man, we're back. Good to be back. Good to be back doing another show. It's a great time of the year. This next couple of weeks are going to be phenomenal. Looking forward to it. Ah, you really can't wait. So much excitement in the air. You got uh, all the conference tournaments uh, going to wrap up at the end of this week. Uh, this week, this during this week, you got a lot of mid majors uh, wrapping up their conference tournaments, and then the uh, big boys suit up this weekend. So we're going to have basketball galore this week, and then the 68 teams are revealed on Sunday night. And we're going to dive right on in on Monday. We're going to do a NCAA bracket dissection special on Monday night for all the NCAA basketball fans out there. And also, actually, Friday night, before Selection Sunday, we're going to do a little bit of fantasy baseball and looking into uh, some of the sleepers and some of the busts, we think. Uh, in this upcoming season. So without further ado, let's talk a little bit about this past weekend. North Carolina stepped back on the floor with the Duke Blue Devils, and there was another North Carolina victory, uh, minus Duke's Zion Williamson. Did not play again. And uh, still questions about his uh, status for the ACC tournament and then the uh, NCAA tournament. Uh, And... I guess the biggest question is how far can Duke go uh, pending if he plays or if he doesn't. Rhino, I just kind of want to get your, you know, your thoughts on Duke with and then without Zion. And and how does the committee uh, put this team in and where do you where do you put them with with the pending issue with Zion Williamson? Well, I I think you got to put him in as a two um, right now. You can't. You know, you can't really project. Um, hopefully, we'll know if he's going to play or not for sure. Uh, for sure, um, maybe we'll see him in the ACC tournament. I don't know, um, but I, I, they're not going to get anywhere without him. Um, and to be quite frank, I don't think they're going to get anywhere with him. And the reason being is their lack of shooting. And I just don't see them being able to put together consecutive games of good shooting whether he's on the floor or not sure he might be able to get you some so a win or two in the first round or second round just based off of their talent and uh, and their effort and stuff if he's playing but when it comes to start playing a team that's got some good quality defense they're not going to get anywhere because they can't consistently shoot the ball and then they'll fall behind and then you got you got the guys just start throwing up prayers and again, they can't shoot. So it's just a bad situation. I don't see them uh, making a deep run in the tournament with or without Zion. Uh, yeah. I, with, with Duke to me, they, they can't shoot an They can't shoot an outside shot as you said. And uh, even though Zion is obviously the most dynamic player in college basketball, uh, if you stack the paint up and let them chunk, chunk from the outside, they're just very pedestrian, and they don't, they're not going to turn you over enough to get points in transition. Uh, and as long as you just play pretty conservative basketball and can score enough, 
I, I just think there's too many teams out there that can beat Duke um, on a given night. So I do agree with you there. Zion or no Zion, uh, Duke is in deep trouble. Uh, it's unfortunate, too, because it, it could be one of the most talented college basketball teams we've seen in a long time. But when you can't do all facets of the game game well, uh, you know, shooting from the outside, defending, uh, you know, scoring in the paint and such, you know, if you can't do all of them well, you're going to get exposed, and Duke's been exposed. So uh, we're going to get to our top 16 seeds in a second, uh, and, and I actually don't have Duke on the two line. I actually have him on the three line. And for reason being, I don't know if Zion is, is, is going to play. I know there's been talk he is going to play in the ACC tournament. But I still, uh, with the weather playing right now and kind of reeling a little bit, I, I have him actually on the three line. So uh, the other game I wanted to talk about, too, is the Auburn Tigers uh, getting a win on the Plains against the, my coveted Tennessee Volunteers. Mm. Mm. And, uh, you know, Rhino, is, is Auburn a contender? Can they make any type of run in the NCAA tournament? No, I've talked about them before. I'm pretty high on them. I think they have a lot of firepower. And unlike Duke, they can really shoot the three ball. And when that thing goes down, they're a tough little nut to crack. I'll tell you that right now. And, and Bruce Pearl, obviously, is a very animated coach on the sidelines and does a really good guy, really good job uh, – motivating that team but uh what do you see Auburn doing in the NCAA tournament you know I I I I wouldn't be shocked if they made a run I'll put it like that do I think they're going to no um but again you can see that they can play with um with the big guys um but again how much of that you know is being at home uh last game of the regular season you got Tennessee coming into town um, I, I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not sold on them, but again, I, I can't say that I would be totally shocked if they made a run. Yeah. I, I see them as a six seed. And I think, uh, I think best case scenario, they're an elite eight team. I, I, I actually do see them getting to the second week of the tournament. I actually see them being a sweet 16 team, depending on obviously the draw. Uh, but I do believe they've got enough firepower, uh, to muscle past two teams. And I do see them getting to the Sweet 16, as I said, pending their pending they have a decent draw. Uh, and you know, on the flip side, I know I didn't ask you about Tennessee, uh, and I kind of know how you feel about them. I still think uh, they can make a deep run. I don't know how deep they can go. I think what you see is what you get with Tennessee, and they've shown us that they'll they'll play you tight. And uh, you know, outside of that Kentucky loss where they got their doors blown off. Uh, they they repaid the favor last uh, last not this past week and the weekend before, but you know I just think Tennessee is kind of as you said there's not really too much that you're going to have to deal with dynamically outside Grant Williams is going to be you know straight ahead right at you Admiral Schofield straight ahead right at you and then the rest of the guys yeah they're complementary pieces but there's nothing dynamic about Tennessee which kind of scares me in the tournament you look at some of the teams in the past that have had super success, uh, you know, making a deep run in the tournament. You have guys like Kemba Walker and, and UConn and, and uh, you know, others that, that are just really dynamic players that you just – they're very hard to to game plan against. And, and as I said, Tennessee is, is very, very um, – very what you see is what you get. So, 
you know, we'll see how it goes. But, you know, I think Tennessee can make a run. But I, how far they go, we'll, we shall see. I could be eating my words from what I talked about earlier on in the basketball season. Um, we're going to actually hop into a few uh, mid-majors and talk about the chances uh, they have of getting into the NCAA tournament as an at-large team. Uh, pending they do not win their conference tournament. One team actually did not win their conference tournament. That is Belmont. And uh, the other two teams is going to be Wofford and Buffalo. Uh, all three of these teams have had phenomenal seasons, uh, have a couple really good wins, um, and really not too bad of losses. And um, I think, you know, first and foremost, we have to, to point out that the NCAA tournament this year has basically said that the RPI is RIP. So rest in peace for the RPI. And uh, they're not going by anything that, that the RPI says. It's now a, a net ranking. And so I didn't dive into the, uh, the complexities of this net ranking. But uh, I do know that uh, speaking of net rankings, you have Belmont, who is actually 45th in the country in the net ranking uh, with a combined record of 26 and five. Now, uh, one of their staple victories that uh, I know hits close to home for Rhino is uh, the 104, the 104-50 victory against Trevecca Nazareth, which oh. was a uh, one. I mean, I'll tell you what, you know, to to beat a team of that stature by uh, to by over 50 is quite impressive. Uh, but they also were able to knock out Lipscomb twice, who was in their conference tournament final and had a chance to possibly get an at-large, but kind of burned that bridge later on in the year and also beat Murray State, who's a tournament team, in UCLA. So currently, uh, after looking at that resume, I'm no Joe Lenardi, which he might have the best job in America. I actually have Belmont out of the tournament by a hair. Rhino, what do you think about Belmont? Uh, well, I'll be honest with you. You look at some of these teams that are on the bubble, why not give Belmont a chance? I mean, they're, they're essentially, you know, we're, we're a good half away from – making the tournament anyways. Uh, so I, I sometimes I have a hard time with with these major conferences getting all these teams in and the reality is they're not they're not worthy of getting in and I I I would it, it, at the end of the day it doesn't matter cuz neither that major conference team that would get in on the bubble or Belmont getting in, it's not going to make a difference. I'd rather see Belmont in there. I just think it's cooler to see these kind of mid-major uh, uh, conferences have teams in the tournament just to see them play. You know, they're going to play hard and, and, and all that. And, and so I think that that Belmont should definitely get an opportunity to play. Well, let me ask you this. So obviously the, the blemishes on Belmont's resume are obviously – there's not too many. It's just they haven't played a really tough schedule. So – with that being said, uh, teams that are on the bubble that are from a Power Five conference, do you give more weighting to a team that has won bigger games or lost worse games? Ooh, that's a tough question. I, I, I'm a firm believer on wins more than more than uh, losses, um, but you know, at the same time, it's college basketball is interesting because. There's so many things that happen throughout the year. The season's so long. You know, when did those big wins come? Did they come at the beginning of the year um, when the team was playing really well and now they've been garbage the second half of the season? Because odds are, 
if they've been garbage the second half of the season or not playing well, that's the team that we're going to see in the tournament. We're not going to see that team that was playing on all cylinders at the beginning of the um, season. So, you know, you you can't – I'll tell you this. Go ahead. There's there's a team that in particular, the reason I asked that question is the Indiana Hoosiers. Uh, Right. You know, a team that, you know, I've I've probably watched, you know, on television four or five times. And, you know, there's times they look no better than, you know, a high school junior varsity team. I mean, right. it looks, they, they look almost inept offensively. Correct. And then, you know, you look at the resume. At one point, they've lost, they lost 11 of 12 straight games and mm. couldn't find their ass with both hands. And then you look at the other side of the resume. They beat Michigan State, who's going to probably win the Big Ten outright or actually did win the Big, Big Ten outright twice. And so, you know, it, it's a – it is a it is an interesting point to see you know where people lie on the lot on do you weight these quality wins higher or do you weight these bad bad losses um and i think i'm really with you as much as i don't want to agree with you i think the quality wins to me shows you the ceiling of what a team can really be right and at the end of the day we all know teams can lay eggs Correct. And maybe it was, and maybe it was uh, where the team they played laid an egg. But for that to happen twice against the same team is kind of hard for me to believe. So if you can play up to that level and at least be around 500 in your conference and at least be above 500 overall, you give yourself a shot. And I'm not saying either way that Indiana should or shouldn't be in. Uh, I just want to, you know, kind of clarify that, you know, I, I know the committee and everybody else thinks, or I'm, excuse me, that everybody thinks that the committee should get all these teams right and, and, and rightfully so. But I don't know if there's any right or wrong answer ever when it comes to putting the correct team into the tournament. Right. So uh, the second team I want to talk about is the Walford Terriers, who currently are playing uh, – in the Southern Conference Championship, down five right now, uh, about uh, five minutes into the second half. So 15-37 left. UNCG is actually up 37-32. Uh, and uh, the Walford Terriers, to me, uh, are just about as good of a good of a lock to get into the NCAA tournament, even with a loss tonight, as just about anybody that I've seen in a long time. Oh, yeah. Uh, fourth, you know, they're 14th in the net rating or net ranking, uh, 28 and four on the year. And their only losses this year at Mississippi state at Kansas at Oklahoma and on a neutral site against North Carolina. So, so talk about, go ahead. So, so real quick, speaking of that game, here's an interesting scenario because obviously if you're the SOCON commissioner, what do you want to happen? You want UNCG to get it to, um, to get, to get the bid, right? You want them to win that game because Wofford's going to be in regardless. And this is an opportunity uh, for, for a, a smaller conference to have two teams. And so it, it begs the question, you know, not saying that, that, that Wofford's throwing the game, but you know, there, there, there could be that possibility of saying, Hey, you know, let, let's let's have the uh, let's have two teams from the conference in there. It, it'll always be a uh, a theory, 
but it, I think it's really yeah, interesting. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's in the head, head or mind of Wofford. I think Wofford obviously uh, wants to win the the uh, the conference championship, uh, the tournament championship. Obviously, they they ran the table in the regular season, went eighteen or no, which is absolutely impressive, especially in a, in, in a conference like the Southern Conference. Um, now, I want to make one note. They did beat the Carver Bible School 94-35 earlier on in the year, which really uh, I believe is a quadrant one victory uh, in the eyes of the committee. I just wanted to touch base on that. But that's uh, an NBA team. Absolutely. Um, But, you know, I I just think Walford uh, is an absolute lock to get in. And as you said, I'm sure the the chairman and the – Everybody in the SoCon does want uh, UNCG to knock off Walford tonight uh, to get two teams in because I think Walford is just about as big of a lock as anybody, as I said earlier. So uh, last team we're going to talk about is the Buffalo Buffalo Bulls, uh, not the Buffalo Bills, close, but a little <laughs> better than the Bills. Uh, 16th in the net, 28-3 uh, on the year, absolutely phenomenal year. Wins at West Virginia when they were actually ranked. Uh, 13th in the country, and then at Syracuse up in the Carrier Dome, which I don't care what type of Syracuse team uh, shows up that day. If you win in the Carrier Dome, uh, you, my friend, have a quality, quality basketball team. And so that win, in my eyes, with 28-3 locks them into anything uh, regarded to in the NCAA tournament. Uh, You know, their losses at Marquette, at Bowling Green, and at Northern Illinois – but just a couple uh, mishaps here and there. But I think Buffalo, in my opinion, no matter what happens in the MAC tournament this weekend, and uh, I think Buffalo is a lock to get in the NCAA tournament. Right now, where do you have Buffalo? Uh, completely agree. Doesn't matter what they do, they'll they'll be in the tournament. You want to talk about a team that can score? That Buffalo team can put up some points. Um, and I'll be curious to see if they're able to do the same thing that they've done pretty much all year in the tournament. Because if they are, yeah, they could be that team that shocks some people. Yeah. Uh, I just the, – the thing with Buffalo is they're not going to sneak up on anybody this year. You know, after beating Aiton and uh, Sean Miller in Arizona last year in the first round and handled them pretty well, uh, there, there's no sleeping on Buffalo this year. Uh, everybody knows who they are, where they are, and when they get uh, – place in the tournament or wherever the uh, the chips fall, uh, I, I would think with all the uh, national exposure they've gotten on television and a lot of ESPN games, I think, you know, it might work actually against them in some in some capacity for the fact that, that you know, there's more stuff out there on Buffalo. But I do like the Buffalo Bulls. I think they uh, can give uh, some teams some fits in the, in the NCAA tournament. All right. Going in next, we're going to go talk about our top 16 seeds. And uh, we've done this the last few weeks and want to kind of do it before the, the tournament uh, reveals the entire bracket. Uh, we're going to start off in the East Regional. And uh, the number two overall seed I have is the University of Virginia Cavaliers as the one seed in the East. The two seed I have is the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Uh, number three, I have the LSU Tigers. And then four, uh, against my uh, will and doing, I have the Purdue Boilermakers at four. Rhino, what do you have in the East? I have North Carolina, Tennessee, Michigan, and the, the team we just talked about, Buffalo. 
Wow. Buffalo is a four. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're gonna they're gonna go clean up the Mac real quick here this weekend and then that'll solidify them to kind of that last Wow spot wow. for the top I, uh, six. I didn't I did not see that coming. That is that's about a big big of a breaking ball is when I'll give you uh the teams that win the division in the wild card in uh in the big leagues when we get to that in just a second. Holy cow, Buffalo. Did not see that coming, but uh, touche to you, sir. Uh, what do you have in the South Regional right now? The South, I have the Kentucky Wildcats. Duke, unfortunately, I have to put Duke as a two. I, I really don't want to. I, I don't think they're – Yeah, I have to, but I, I don't want to. Um, Florida State and then Purdue at, on the four line. Yeah, my South, I've got North Carolina – uh, Michigan State. I do have Duke in that same regional as North Carolina. Don't hurt me now, people, but I do. And then the four seed and the four line in the south, I have the Kansas State team led by Bruce Weber. Uh, I just like Kansas State and what they do. Very methodical. They play good defense, and uh, I think that shows in the uh, in the tournament. I actually do not have Kansas in my top 16 seeds. Neither do I, so that's okay. Midwest, Midwest, Rhino, where are you going Midwest? Uh, Virginia, who I, I strongly like in the tournament this year. Uh, Michigan State, LSU, which God knows where they're going to get. Um, but we'll, I'm sure we'll discuss that once we get the bracket out. Um, and then K-State on the four line. My Midwest, uh, the Kentucky Wildcats, your favorite team in all of college basketball. On the two line, I have the – Houston Cougars mm. on the two line, Michigan as the three, and Florida State rounding out the four. And then in the West, as we all know, the number one overall seed in the tournament, unanimous in my opinion, the Gonzaga mm-hmm. Bulldogs. No doubt as about the it. One. Tennessee as the two, Nevada as the three, and... I forgot to put in my four. Did you say did you say Texas Tech already? I did. Who am I missing? Let's see here. Who are you missing? This is interesting. Did you put Florida State? I did. Um man, did you put Michigan? Yeah. Man, I think I'll be honest with you. What happened was we we're going to talk next about who can actually win it. And I think I just started. I said, hell, the four seed in the West didn't gonna really matter because they're not going to damn win it. So I just kind of, I guess, got them out of there. I'll just throw Virginia Tech in there just for uh, shits and giggles. But uh, the four seed in the West to me is quite possibly irrelevant. Now watch the four seed in the West actually wins the whole thing. But <laughs> Rhino, what do you have in the West? Uh, Zags, no doubt. Texas Tech, Houston, and then Nevada. And with that, let's get to our sponsor, the Black Tux. And let's get into uh, the last segment we wanted to talk about is who can actually win the NCAA tournament. And uh, actually, I have 
seven teams that I believe can win the NCAA tournament. It's down to seven for me. Uh, I know we've had the likes of different Cinderella that have given us all kinds of great memories, but I think there's seven teams, in my opinion, that still have a shot to win the NCAA tournament. Rhino, how many teams do you have that uh, you think can win the NCAA tournament? I think I have nine right now. Nine. Okay. Well, I think I would hope that uh, all my seven are in your nine. And if not, uh, I can't wait to, to hear your, uh, your nine teams. So I'm going to start off with obviously the obvious ones. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's start, let's start there and then work our way down. Yeah. So obviously the number one overall seeds that we had in the tournament, I have as potential winners, UVA, North Carolina, Gonzaga and Kentucky. I'm sure you have all those four, correct? Correct. Yep. All right. Uh, then we'll drop down to uh, – I do still have Duke on that uh, – in that in that elite group. I, uh, listen, talent-wise, if they catch fire and Zion plays, they can beat anybody in the country handily, period. Now, will they win it? No. Can they? Absolutely. I can't not count them out going to the NCAA tournament. Okay. All right. I, I can get on board with that. I, I, I just think there's zero chance they win the tournament. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll give you another one for you. I do have the Tennessee Volunteers in there. Okay. I, I, I have them in my nine. I do. Um, even though I, I still think they're going to um, get bounced in the first. Have an early exit. Yeah. 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 Okay. So still, I, I, okay. I can I, I can see the argument there. Okay. But I just all right. I just don't think that they're uh, they're, they're going to make it that far. Okay. I'm going to save my last team. Who else do you have uh, in there that uh, that I might not have? Huh. That you might not have. Let's see. You you, you definitely probably have Michigan State, correct? I do not. I oh, do okay. not have the Spartans actually. All right. I do no, not think they win the national title. I do not. All right, all right. I just I've think been. they're too – and, and, and for that reason, I just think they're too beat up. You know, I know Nick Ward's going to come back. I just think that the loss of Langford is going to hurt them in the end. I just don't think they've got enough juice to win the national title. And that's just me. Uh, I just don't know if they have enough juice, and I could be wrong, and Tom Izzo could prove me wrong because he's done it back-to-back games against the Wolverines where I thought the Wolverines would win, and they got their ass kicked. So what do I know? But I, have, I do not have Michigan State as one of my seven teams. Go ahead. I'll tell you one that I I think you probably have as your last one that I I also have is going to be Houston. I love them. I I think they're they're a phenomenal team. They play good team basketball. I watched the game the other night against Cincinnati. Uh, they they started off slow but just pulled away in the second half. Um, overpowered Cincinnati, and that's what I think they're going to do to most teams in the tournament. I can't, I can't disagree more, or I can't agree more with you. And let me just tell you this right now: if anybody remembers last year's NCAA tournament and what happened to Houston, Houston loses on a three-quarter half-court shot. I don't know what the hell that even means. A half-court shot against Michigan. And get and gets beat at the buzzer to knock them out of the NCAA tournament. If that's not stewing in their stomachs, I don't know what is. 
I love the Houston Cougars. I think Kelvin Sampson has done a remarkable job bringing that program back to fruition. And I think the Houston Cougars can absolutely win the national title. Hmm, I'm with Rhino, you. Who's, who's your last team? My last team hmm, is I have, I have Texas Tech there. I, I, I think they can, uh, I think they can get it done. Um, I think they play really good defense, which I think can go a long way in the tournament. And I think they can push out enough offense um, to make a deep run in the tournament. I just can't buy anybody from the big 12. I just can't do it. The, I tell you what, if we cut the country down the Mississippi River and, and threw everybody else out except Gonzaga and Houston, save Houston, please. If we take those two teams, you can have Nevada. Cut the rest of the country off, we could have our 64 teams, and we wouldn't be missing one beat. I really don't think any of those teams west of the Mississippi River are worth a damn outside of Gonzaga and Houston. Mm. I was on Nevada for a long time. I fell off the wagon. And after that, we've got nothing out there. It's like almost cutting California out of our, uh, out of the United States. Cut them out. We don't need them. Mm. Mm. Strong words, strong words. Hot take of the night. A hot take of the night. I love it. Ring All the right. bell. Ring the bell. R- ring the bell. All right. And we're going to get to a little batting practice. We're going to sneak it on in. We're not going to dive too deep into it, but I do want to uh, tell you our Major League Baseball regular season and postseason predictions. We've got winners of each division, wild card teams, and the World Series. And I would think that you guys might be a little shocked by what I have in store. I don't know what Rhino's got up his sleeve, but I sure as hell have something that's going to knock your socks off. So, Rhino, without further ado, I want you to give me your winners, your divisional winners in the AL, along with your two wild card teams. All right, let's start with the weakest division in baseball, the AL Central. The Cleveland Indians will get it done again, although uh, the team that to be, to be on the lookout for is the White Sox. They could potentially pose a threat to the Indians, or they could also finish last in the division. So, um, love the Indians who win the century. The AL West, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the Oakland Athletics win the West slightly over the Astros. So that, that can tell you who one of my wild card teams are is going to be the Houston Astros. And then I've got the Yankees pulling ahead of the Red Sox late in the season to win the AL East. And then the Red Sox and Astros will face off in the AL wild card game. All right, Ronald, who do you got representing the AL? I have, unfortunately, the New York Yankees. Well, uh, I'm going to completely disagree with a lot of the shit you just said. Uh, I think the Red Sox win the AL East handily. I think the injury to Luis Severino is going to be absolutely monumental. I don't think he's going to pitch much, if at all, this year. I think uh, they're downplaying what's going on there. 
I think James Paxton is going to be in uh, shock when he gets to actually a city that gives a damn about baseball outside of Seattle. I think he's going to be in deep shit up to his uh, up to his stockings. And I really don't believe that lineup is as dangerous as it is on paper. I think there's too much swing and the miss in that, in, in that entire lineup. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Yankee fans can disagree with me, and that's fine. But there's too many loopholes in that team for me to have them win the division. They are a wild card team. I have the Red Sox winning the AL East. I have the Yankees as a wild card team. I have the Cleveland Indians by a de facto because the AL Central was so damn bad. I also have the AL West going to the Houston Astros. And my sleeper, a team that I believe is going to get in as the AL wild card and will be also the uh, coach of the year, or excuse me, manager of the year in the AL is the Tampa Bay Rays. They will do it with a combined Mm. total of 100 fans for the entire season, but will find a way to get to the postseason. And I actually have the Houston Astros representing the American League in the fall classic. Rhino, mm. get us to the National League. All right, moving on to the National League. I, I, I like the, the differences there. That's the great thing about baseball. We'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, the NL East, which arguably could be one of the, the best division in baseball with some of the offseason moves. Um, love the Phillies. I think they're going to come out strong um, and win that division. The Central, I'm going to go back to the Chicago Cubs. I think they have a strong year and win that division, another strong division. Can we talk real quick? The NL is so much deeper than the AL. It's it's absolutely crazy. But anyways, I wouldn't say – okay, here's my thing about that. I don't want to say that it is – that's – more parity in the National League. I think you have the the top three teams in baseball in the American League and possibly the next six in the National League. So if you want to say deeper, I get it. I think there's some bottom feeders in the National League that aren't worth a damn either. Um, well, yeah, but there's I, I think there's more bottom feeders in the in the AL. Yeah. I mean, okay, I guess the Central is that damn bad that I guess there's where all your bottom feeders are. But outside of that, you have the Orioles, who are absolutely a a triple-A team. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the Royals, who are arguably the same thing. Tigers, trash. Tigers are close to a dumpster fire. But then in the National League... Yeah, I guess the Miami Marlins are the only dumpster fire you got out there. Right, right, right. Exactly, it, it, it all evens out, man. So if you have, if you have, and Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh sucks too. Yeah, let's not fool top, ourselves. If, if you have the top three in the AL, which I completely agree with, you're going to have more bottom feeders. That's just the bottom line. That's how the games go. Um, I, I do like the word parity, though. That's it. That's a good word for that. Anyways, moving on, the NL West. We have the Dodgers. 
In the NL wild card, I have the Nationals facing off against the Milwaukee Brewers. And then to represent the NL, once again, will be the Los Angeles Dodgers. Well, I this is where we're going to differ again. Uh, in, the, in the NL East, I have the Philadelphia Phillies. Not shocking to many. In the NL Central where I have thrown a complete wrench. I have the St. Louis Cardinals winning the NL Central. The NL West will be represented by the Colorado Rockies. Oh, come on. You heard it here first. Clayton Kershaw is not going to see the mound much at all. Walker Bueller is not ready to be a number one yet. That team is going to have some lulls. Dave Roberts is going to lose that clubhouse. And mark my words, Dodgers do not make the playoffs. You heard it here (laughs) first. Wow, that is a hot take. My wild card, both come out of the NL East, and it's not – The hometown Atlanta Braves. I have the Mets and the Nationals playing in the wild card game. Love it. The team representing the NL will be the St. Louis Cardinals. And the Houston Astros will win. Mm. Mm. The World Series. Mm. Is that enough? Is that enough for you to get you spiced up for a little spring baseball? Oh, yeah. I can't wait for this 162-game season to get underway. Rhino and I are both very excited. We're going to talk fantasy baseball on Friday, talk about some sleepers, some busts. You guys obviously know who the best players are out there fantasy-wise. If you are listening, please follow us on Twitter at jocksandlocks or send us an email at jocksandlocks at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening. Rhino will be back on Friday, and then Monday we'll have the NCAA dissection Mm. of the – Famous Big time. Racket. Thank you again for joining us. Look forward to talking again on Friday night. Have a good night.